Welcome to The Remake Mistake, brought to you by WolfbaneBlooms.com. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at an original horror movie and its remake in order to answer two questions. First, does the remake stand up to the original? And second, should it have been remade, or was this remake a mistake? Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms, and the autumn moon is bright. All right, in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Bob Clark's 1974 holiday classic, Black Christmas, uh, as well as its 2006 remake of the same name. Um, I American with me, as always, is Mike. So I think we, we both just saw this movie, both of these movies, for the first time recently, right? Yeah, yeah you've never had, seen them before. Yeah. Or heard of the original, but never, never saw it. Yeah, so this was kind of... Um, an interesting experience for us to see both of these movies fairly back to back. Yeah, almost like within a week. Yeah, with with no prior knowledge really of them. Yeah. Um, so Bob Clark, director of the 1974 original, famous for decidedly non-horror movies such as Porky's and mm. A Christmas Story and mm. Baby Geniuses. God. So, <laughs> so Black Christmas is an interesting turn for him. Yeah. Um, right out of the gate. But... It's great. Uh, it's got a 64% Rotten Tomatoes, so um, it's pretty universally loved. You hear a lot of people talk about this as their favorite holiday horror movie, some people's favorite horror movie. Yeah. I think um, Elvis Presley watched this movie every year on Christmas. Yeah. It's like his favorite, which seems weird after you see it. Yeah. It's like a, I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy. I think I saw, read that Steve Martin also loves this movie. Oh, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. It's got a lot of famous fans. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. Yeah. I went in with low expectations. I wasn't sure what to expect. I think other than knowing that it was a slasher movie. Yeah. And it's one of the first slasher movies. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's not a dumb slasher movie like so many like 1980s slasher movies are. Right. There's, there's more to it than just someone's killing someone for the sake of murder it's got a little bit of a story it's it's like it's before slasher movies had kind of devolved into this formulaic somebody's out just to kill people story you can see that halloween drew on this a little bit right halloween was actually originally conceived as a sequel to this movie uh john carpenter loved black christmas so much but they eventually took it obviously in a separate direction which is probably for the best absolutely an interesting thing about this movie, for those who haven't seen it, is that um, you don't know who the killer is. It's, yeah. Throughout the whole movie, you have no idea. And even at the end, you never find out who the killer is, which is not only interesting for the time, but interesting for a horror movie in general. I mean, even now, you're almost never left wondering. Yeah. And there was no really backstory given at all. Right. I, I mean, mean, very little. They exp- The girls explain it. Yeah. The movie opens with, a, like, a POV shot, which is what we come to expect as from the killer's POV throughout the whole yeah. movie. Um, and he's just lurking around the house this is how the movie opens, climbs in the upstairs window. And then we get our first uh, phone call, which is probably the most. Well, do you want to explain what the premise is? Sure, sure. So the premise of, of Black Christmas is that there's a, a sorority house. So it's a group of college age women um on christmas break i think or getting ready for christmas break yeah. and there's a killer mm-hmm. taking them out one by one who lives in the house right 
So it's like a the call is coming from inside the house. Which it is. Right. But prior to that becoming like a Yeah, that's the thing. This movie does all these things that we now see as cliches, but back then it wasn't. So like the red herrings and the different kinds of kills, I guess. Yeah, there's some some very creative kills throughout this movie as well. As as well as the the remake too. Yeah. But we expect that a little bit more because audiences get bored. Yeah. By the time 2006 rolled around, most slasher movies, that was all they were was like vehicles for creative kills. Yeah. It's like Final Destination, right? I mean, oh, yeah. those movies exist to show creative kills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's great. Yeah. But that's sure. a different different mm-hmm. thing. Totally. So throughout the movie, the girls are being terrorized by prank phone calls. Well, what they think are prank phone calls, mm-hmm. um, which are pretty disturbing. Like, yeah. Genuinely disturbing phone calls. Yeah. Especially for that time. They're saying stuff that I'm shocked that they were able to actually get away with. Yeah. And what's what's great about it is- I mean, there's there's what sounds like multiple voices on the phone saying horrible things. And they listen to the phone for quite a while. Yeah. The first phone call, they stand there for like several minutes just listening Yeah. to him say horrible, horrible things. Yeah. I think that's honestly like my favorite part of the, of the movie, though, are the phone calls. Like, that's the thing that stuck with me after we watched it. They were really, um, like I said, disturbing. Yeah, it's very different than anything you'd see in another movie. Mm-hmm. And I had read that when they were actually filming, Bob Clark was kind of off camera just saying saying disturbing things to the to them to get their reaction. But what they ended up um, overlaying in after it was much, much worse. Yeah, because he probably would have been fired otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sexual assault. Right. Yeah, some pretty, pretty horrible things. Um, so right out of the gate, then we start meeting some of the some of the girls. And I'll yeah. say that I think neither one of us have a very um good idea of any of the girls from either one of these movies no um they don't use their names very often they're fairly interchangeable with the exception of one or two from each movie um so it's it's tough to keep track of who's who yeah and the only real names i remember and i still don't remember him that well is billy which i don't even i think in the first movie they don't even I think ever they, call him that do they i think they do but it's very like like they're telling a quick story of what you know what the premise is so we at least can follow something mm-hmm. not like oh this is just something for no reason yeah, yeah that's that's pretty good <laughs> but the 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 main girl um not the main girl but the girl that you know her name for sure is the same name in both movies it's claire and she is the first victim and um she she has the kind of iconic death. It's the the death they ended up using on some of the promotional posters for the first movie. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Uh, I mean, it's a jarring image. You see her uh, in a rocking chair, suffocated with a plastic bag over her head. Just, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty it's pretty intense imagery. Yeah, it just seems like a spoiler. Yeah, but I mean, it happens yeah, within it happens the first with, yeah yeah first five minutes of the movie. After the four minute disturbing phone call, then she's just immediately suffocated. Yeah. The other name I want to say that I remember is. Claude, the name of the cat. Claude, yeah. You can't forget Claude the cat. He's no. he's a classic character. They just walk around the house. They hear a noise that's clearly not a cat, and they're calling for the cat's name. Claude. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so Claire gets suffocated, strangled, so she's in the she's in the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet the house mother, Mrs. Mack, who is probably my favorite character from this movie. She reminds me a lot of the character of the caretaker from The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. where she's just oh, yeah. 
She's a horrible, obnoxious character. Yeah. The actresses might be horrible, obnoxious too. For some reason, it works. Yeah. For for some insight into her character, at some one point, she there's an extended scene of her poking around the house, finding hidden booze in various places, including on a bookshelf, where she pulls out a book and says, B for booze. And then she pulls a flask out of a book. Yeah. She also finds... In the toilet. Yeah, she pulls some... In the back of the toilet. Liquor out of the back of the toilet and drinks it too. So, I don't know. She's a little bit of comic relief. I yeah. like her. Oh, she's the only comic relief. Yeah, I like her. Well, Claude is good too. Yeah, but Claude and her go hand in hand. <laughs> hand in paw. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, then we meet another another main character, which is Claire's father. And so, he comes to pick up Claire. Claire doesn't show, obviously. She's upstairs dead in the rocking chair. Yeah. Um, then another great scene between um, Claire's father and Mrs. Mack where uh, Claire's father is in her room and Mrs. Mack is trying to hide all the obscene posters yeah. from his sight. But Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, very funny. Yeah. It, was, it it has like the the lighthearted tone of, of Bob Clark's like later stuff, you know. Porky's. Yeah, well, it's very much Porky's. Yeah, it's very Porky's. Yeah. It's good, though. It's great. So now, I don't know, we start meeting some other characters. There's Jess, who is another main character. She's pregnant. She wants an abortion. Her boyfriend, Peter, right? Yeah. Yeah, is an asshole. I think. Um, he's a musician, and he's just a huge, huge jerk to Jess the whole time. Um, so Jess gets another call equally as disturbing as the first. Mm-hmm. So this kind of sets up the pace of the movie so there's going to be a phone call somebody's going to get murdered yeah you move on from there and they eventually get the police involved right so after jess gets the phone call they do the intelligent thing and they go to the police station of course the police they don't care at all they don't take it seriously at first right and okay so then we see we just meet a whole bunch of characters this movie one of the things that kind of threw me about this movie is how often we're jumping back and forth between people with no introduction um we're constantly just showing different people and their take on whatever's happening, but yeah. we don't get their names. We don't get their backstory. Bits and pieces of what's going on in their lives. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of, like in a lot of movies nowadays, you know, they, they make sure to give you a full story about every character that you're seeing. Yeah. And so you make sure, you know, it's the 1970s. The main character, I guess, Jess is, has an ongoing argument with her boyfriend about her getting an abortion, mm-hmm. which you don't really get too much backstory on any of the other characters, but this one, you know, feels a little odd because you're actually hearing about her and his reaction is he's, he wants her to keep the baby. She yeah. doesn't want to cause she's a progressive. They throw that she's progressive in the 1970s at you, mm-hmm. which whatever, I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, another main character that we, Meet right away from the beginning who has an altercation with Claire is Barb, who's introduced as like the, you know, I don't know, kind of more aggressive, uh, sassy one. Yeah. The one who speaks your mind. Yeah. The confident one. Yes, exactly. Um, The cliche. Yeah. So she actually around this time in the film gives a great sex turtle speech. She gets really drunk with, I think, Mrs. Mack and Claire's father and just launches into this speech about how there's a type of turtle that can have sex for three days straight it's completely ridiculous yeah, there's a lot of weird little moments like that mm-hmm. where it doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything yeah it was great which, though. which i'll say that 
when I went into this, I was expecting kind of a, this is all happening on this one night type thing all in this house, but they jump around several days and kind of the police station and the school and yeah, I, I also thought like the entire movie would just take place in the house over yeah. one night kind of thing. But yeah, like right after that, I think they organize a search party for Claire. So then yeah. we cut to like the big group of people like, you know, walking through fields looking for her body, I guess. So yeah, it kind of it is it is more more than just one night. Yeah, it surprised me. Yeah, I agree. Where the remake did not, it all for the most part took place in the house except the last few scenes. Yeah. And it was all on that night. For sure. Minus some some flashbacks. Yeah, lots of flashbacks, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, One thing that struck me about this is Claire's been dead in the attic the entire time. Mm -hmm. So now the police have made a point to... Like get together this huge search party. They're they're like I said, going through fields looking for her. Nobody's thought to check the attic of the house. Yeah, that just to me. Seems... Everyone's overtly stupid, right? Just uh, advance the plot. Yeah, nobody would think to check. Um, so now Miss Mac actually, um, she spends like what ten minutes looking for Claude, mm-hmm. Claude the cat. She actually goes in the attic. Yeah, sees Claire's body. You see these big hooks come down and drag her up into the attic. Yeah. Um, big guy. Yeah. And then there's a cool scene of, of him, again, from POV, just going nuts and just breaking things in the attic and, like, destroying things and screaming. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty effective. Do we have a body count? All in? Yeah. Or for the for the original one? Mm, I don't know. Because not every single girl gets, you know, done in. Right. Just... A few ones to, you know, prove that there's some danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not sure what the final count is, but I mean, there's there's a girl murdered in the park, too, which is a, like a thing they explain in passing. They find a body in the park while they're searching just is another girl. Yeah. Was that who I don't. Is it supposed to be a, a victim of Billy's? I don't know. Or is it just a random girl yeah, in the park? Like this, we're getting no history on Billy. Right. Just someone in the house killing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of get some idea of who he is because, like you said, there's multiple voices on the phone. Sounds like a man arguing with- With a woman. Woman, yeah. Very Norman Bates-esque. Yes, absolutely. Um, Then we get our third disturbing phone call. Again, Jess answers. Her horrible boyfriend, Peter, shows up at the house. Now we start to get a little vibe. Maybe he's the killer. Yeah, they're really pushing that it was him. Giving us like the, the red herring. Um, then there's another like weird, uh, comedy moment in the movie. They have that whole fellatio meltdown in the police station. Oh yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Super weird scene. The, one of the just dumb, dumb policemen gets tricked into thinking fellatio is a uh, phone number number or something. Back before they had, like they had Murray Hill 555. Right. Some stupid thing like that. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was supposed to be for just dumb comedic effect or they wanted to set up that oh maybe it's not peter who's doing it or whoever because clearly they want you to believe that it's peter doing the killing right but maybe they're setting it up like someone else is doing it Mm -hmm. it could be these people are so innocent innocent it's someone else but no yeah which i mean is one of the things i think the movie does very successfully is is just make you wonder right i don't think there's any moments in the film where you're like okay obviously it's peter obviously is whoever um they lead you certain directions but you know they never there's never like an obvious point well i think coming near the end 
when Jess is being, she's in the house, I think alone at this point with a bunch of dead bodies and the killer and you see, and she's in the basement and you see Peter out there like aggressively trying to get in. Oh yeah. And at that point you're supposed to be all in thinking it's Peter. Right. But then Peter gets in. Right. Um, so, I mean, between that and this, I mean, we are, we are near the end. They bug the phone yeah. so that they can trace the call, which is smart. You know, that's a, a good move for a horror movie. Then uh, another one of my favorite things, while this is all happening, some carolers show up at the door and like scream, sing, oh, come yeah. all you faithful for two minutes, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're scream singing at the door, Barb, the uh, drunk, sassy one, gets stabbed to death with a glass unicorn horn. Yeah. And you can't hear her hear her screams because the carolers are so loud. It's a cool scene. Yeah. That's like, it seems like that, that really... Um, to me, bring in like the Christmassy, like classic Christmas vibe. Like that's an iconic scene to me. Like yeah. her getting stabbed to death while carolers are scream singing at the door. Yeah. Otherwise, this movie doesn't have as much Christmas as you think it would. Mm-hmm. Like the remake has so much more Christmas, which I admire. Yeah, and I mean, more. some of it in the remake, they're really bashing you over the head with. Yeah. Christmas, well, yeah. Christmas, Christmas. But having said that about the remake what i liked better in the original was that you never see the killer's face really i mean you see his eye or eyes at times mm-hmm. and like that kind of strip of light over his eyes you know they did in film noir <laughs> but right. in the remake they show his face constantly and that just takes away so much of what this movie should be absolutely so they get it there's another prank called jess now thinks it's peter So our main character thinks it's Peter. So where to think that it's Peter as well. Um, And then another, I mean, there's just a lot of of weird, like we said earlier, a lot of weird scenes in this movie. So at this point, two like complete lunatics show up at the door with guns claiming they're from the search party. And they ask Jess if she's seen anything weird. Yeah. Remember that scene? Yeah. Like the back door or something. Yeah. It's just like these two guys standing there with rifles. Like, Hey, did you see anything weird? Like, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the weird. So, um, just, yeah, another, like... I just don't... I don't know if that... Like, I don't know what the point of some of that is. Yeah, like, I don't know Is either. it supposed to be... I mean, if it's this, it did a very good job of making us feel very unsettled and having everything feeling very chaotic, which which works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, by jumping around so which much. Which I'm going to believe that's what they intended to sure. do. Um, we get our, I think, last phone call here. The police finally managed to trace it. We get the infamous, the call is coming from inside the house line. And then the, the lieutenant specifically tells the officer, don't tell her the call's coming from inside the house. Don't freak her out. So the officer calls her and says, ah, oh, the call's coming from inside the house. Get the hell out of there. Completely freaks her out. How was the call coming from inside the house back then? I guess they had a multiple lines. That would nah. make sense for a sorority. Sure. Never mind. That was a right. So instead of getting out of the house, she grabs a fire poker, mm-hmm. goes upstairs, finds several of the girls dead. She gets attacked, locks herself in the basement. This is what you mentioned earlier with Peter. And now he, we're to believe he's the killer. He's like frantically trying to get into the basement. Um, then we don't see what happens after he gets in the the lieutenant shows up. Yeah, like it goes dark. Right. The lieutenant shows up, busts down to the basement, and you find Peter dead on top of Jess. Yeah. So, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. He's not the killer. Yeah. Um, Jess is still alive. Like, she's hanging on. 
And then they leave her alone in the house. Which, if she... Are we to believe that she's the one that killed Peter? I have no idea. Because if that's the case, then that would make sense why they left her alone. Because then they think that the pers- that Peter was the one that killed everyone. Oh, yeah. And the killer's dead now. Because they don't really seem to care. No, they, lo- they put her like, in bed and then they leave. Yeah, one by one. And they still, at this point, have never checked the attic, even once. Yeah. They've never yeah, gone to the attic. Yeah, that's bothersome. They find this house now that has several dead girls' bodies in it. And they don't never check the attic once. Yeah. Which I was enjoying the movie and then we got to the end, which it made me enjoy it more because I was like, okay, now this movie being of this time, it's going to show us, you know, this was the killer or someone. So she gets left alone. Everyone's leaving the room and then she's left alone with uh, uh, the first girl, <laughs> Claire. Claire's dad. Yeah. And like, okay, maybe it was that. Maybe they're going to re- do a big reveal and it was her dad. And then he leaves. Yeah, and then they and kind then, of pan from yeah. that room through the house, through this mansion of a house that they live in, up to the attic, the open door of the attic. And and the killer's just chatting away with Claire and Miss Mac's dead bodies. Yeah. And it ends with him just talking to their bodies. Party, yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's, you never know who it is. Right. And that's Black Christmas. Which I really appreciated that they did that. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie. The Lasting Legacy that was brought back to life in 2006 yeah i have many gripes with it i can let those go because it's you know 1974 Mm -hmm. when these weren't cliches yet so yeah all these little details and movie making wasn't at its Mm -hmm. best like it is now so otherwise Uh, i really liked it yeah i loved it i thought it was great um the sequel is is another conversation just getting into the sequel it's important to say that has 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to know who that 14% is. I loved it. The orig- yeah. Compared to the original, 64%. Another interesting thing to note is that the original is shorter. Or no, the original is longer than the remake, which almost never happens. The original is longer? The 1974 film is 98 minutes, mm-hmm. and the 2006 film is 84. So it's shorter than Shorter. The- how often does that happen? That a, Not really. No, that a remake is shorter. Which, watching that movie, you would not feel that. No, you would feel that it's twice as long. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, it's directed by Glenn Morgan, who... Poor sap. Yeah, he, the only, the only, his only directing credit prior to Black Christmas is Willard. The movie about the rats. The movie about the rats. And the dad from Back to the Future. And the only thing he's directed since then was one episode of the X-Files reboot. It's the 2016 X-Files. Oh. I guess not a reboot. Whatever it was. Continuation. There's more more stars in this one, though, I guess. We got Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And it wasn't really anyone at the time. Yeah, maybe not in 2006. Yeah. Um, and then returning is... Can't remember what her name was in the original, but one of the girls from the original returns to play the house mother in yeah. this one. Yeah. Not as the same character, just as a nice nod to the original. Andrea Martin. Andrea I Martin. Think. Yes, that's correct. Known for my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. And she, my big fat Greek wedding too. Right. She also plays the mom on difficult people, which is absolutely hysterical. Oh, well. That's what I haven't seen that yet. All right. But All she's right. playing a different character. In what? Oh, yeah. Not the same character. Yeah. She's now the house mother, which right off the bat, we're introduced to these characters. And one thing that is painful to watch in this remake is that these girls hate each other. 
you get the vibe that every single person hates each other. In the remake, they give each other a hard time, or the original, they give each other a hard time, but you know, you get that feeling that it's a sorority and they care about each other. This one, no. Everyone's horrible. Everyone's miserable. Yeah. Even the house mother's not the comic relief. She's the, she acts more like a mother than right. the drunken lunatic of the first one. Yeah. And I mean, as, as stereotyped as the girls were in the original, you know, they have like strong character traits like, oh, well, she's the drunk or, oh, well, she's whoever. Um, it's not who they were. That's not just who they right. were. Right. Whereas in the remake, they're, they're pretty much all one note. It's like, ah, this girl's just going to be drunk for the next 90 minutes, and that's her entire character. Yeah. Or this girl's going to be <laughs> nobody. We're never going to yeah. see her again. Yeah, we, she, some of them, I, again, the names escape, but the one person you don't know the name of from Mean Girls is the one that, I don't know what she was there for to do except die. Yeah. And I mean, you know. That's all she needed to do, I guess. Yeah, but that's an insult to the audience. Give us something. Um, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this movie, at least. We'll just kind of um, go over some of the the points where they, they changed things up, I guess, from the original. Yeah, the main plot is more or less the same, except yeah. one big change. Right. Um, so this this movie does open, though, with almost an identical death Yeah, as, well, an, as an homage. So the girl you know, gets grabbed out of her closet. The only difference is instead of just getting suffocated, she gets suffocated and then stabbed through the head with a pen. Yeah. Suffocated and then stabbed in the head with a pen. Yeah. Which in the eye with a pen. All right. No, stabbed in the head with a pen and then her eye gets removed. Yeah. Which just kind of immediately sets you up for the vibe of this movie. Yeah. Which is, it's going to be black Christmas with a lot of unnecessary weird violence. That's exactly what that time was. Yeah, like the early two thousands was all these remakes. Let's take something and make it you know more extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after that scene, we get we jump into what is going to be the biggest change between these movies. So we cut to an insane asylum. We cut to the room twelve twenty five, room Christmas Day, which is <laughs> which is about the level of writing we're going to see in the rest of this movie. Um, we get a brief backstory on now named Billy. It's just that he tries to escape every Christmas. Yeah. So guess what's going to happen? He's going to escape yeah. or try to escape. Yep. Which you think that these guards would know not to open up anything ever. Don't open the door. Give him his food. Leave him alone. Don't investigate anything. Right. Because, okay, he slips He slips a card under the door to the guard. It says, I'll be home for Christmas. Right, mm-hmm. the guard's like, oh. So he looks in the, he looks through the little hole, and he gets a candy cane shank in the neck. Mm. So it's just a lot of. Uh, I think he goes in first. And doesn't oh, he, he goes in. He goes in and he sees that there's a big hole in the wall. Oh well, yeah, a big hole, a square shaped hole in the wall. Yeah, some classic misdirection from Billy. Yeah. So while he's checking out the hole, yeah, he gets candy cane shanked in the neck. Yeah, which. You think he would get it by looking. That would make the most amount of sense. Why were they giving him candy canes in the first place? Christmas. Ugh, it seems nuts. Everyone got a candy cane. It's Christmas. All right. Um, so then we're, we're, we're back in the house and one of the main girls uh, is just watching porn of her boyfriend, right? Yeah, which- She's if, watching a sex tape. If you're giving us the backstory of the killer and it's Billy and here's everything he did, 
we don't need the boyfriend character anymore as a red herring. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess the girls are supposed to maybe believe that it's him, but they, they don't take that road in the movie. Yeah. They assume it's Billy and everyone's like, nah, it can't be Billy. And it's Billy. Right. Of course. Why yeah. wouldn't it be? <laughs> Which, based on what we've just you know, been saying, we see that there's the mental institution and someone being killed. So we're to assume that something's happening. Like, how can he be in the mental institution and killing someone? So no, yeah, that right. adds some intrigue. That's fair. But also the timeline's kind of a mess. We don't even really know. Yeah, they do a lot of flashbacks and they tell you each time when they flash back what year it is, or at least they start to later, but... Right. So, okay. So Megan is the name of the girl who's watching the sex tape. She hears a noise in the attic, goes up to check it out. Um, She she gets the the treatment that everybody in this movie gets. Plastic bag over the head, Mm -hmm. stabbed, eyeballs ripped out. Yeah. The eyeball is a big thing for some reason. Yes. Everybody in this movie gets their eyeballs ripped out. Yeah. No no real explanation for it until the end. We kind of see something, which we'll get to, but... um, it's still not an explanation. Eyeball's gone. So back to the asylum again. There's this like pervy Santa Claus character roaming the halls of the insane asylum. Yeah. Completely ridiculous character. Billy kills him, puts on the outfit, which I think is supposed to be a nod to Silent Night, Deadly Night when he escapes and puts on the Santa Claus outfit. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he gets out. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. We got our first flashback to 1970. And this is the first of many unnecessary flashbacks. Yeah, this was this should never have been done. This to me is the main downfall of this movie, the flashbacks. Yeah. Cause any momentum that you would get from the kills is taken away immediately by jumping to a flashback. Mm-hmm. Like we care. I think all things considered, for two thousand six this would have been a fine, maybe forgettable, but a fine slasher movie. Without the flashbacks. Yes, without the flashback. I think the flashbacks kill it. Mm-hmm. And 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 we'll talk about why. But so the flashback to 1970, we get to see Billy's birth. He has like neon yellow skin due to a liver disease. Mm, jaundiced. Jaundiced. But like neon yellow, like Sin City yellow. Simpsons. Simpsons yellow. Simpsons yellow, yes. Um, and his mother just hates him for it. She hates him because She's in a marriage with a seemingly nice man. Yeah, very nice. But she's just a horrible drunk mm-hmm. who hates her husband. And now she hates her son because it's her husband's son. Right. So now we flash forward five years to 1975 when the mother and her new boyfriend yeah. kill Billy's father with a hammer. And they take out his eye, I think. Mm. I'm just I might just be remembering I think you're just obsessed with the eyes I'm not obsessed the movie wants me to be obsessed I'm not obsessed you're obsessed (laughs) so they lock the mother locks Billy in the attic which is where he stays all right so finally we're back to modern day we get our first prank phone call Mm -hmm. which now from the first movie the prank phone call was in the first two minutes of the movie yeah now we're probably like 20 minutes into this movie before we get it and you know, it's not nearly as no, effective. It's not nearly as effective. It's more what you'd expect somebody who's like trying to prank, trying to be a creepy prank phone call to sound yeah. like. But okay, we get a little bit of modernization here. They check the caller ID. Caller yeah. ID is a big part of this. So the the call is coming from Claire's phone. Yeah, I mean, so it makes more Claire sense. Is. It makes more sense in the remake because cell phones are everywhere. Right. So like, yeah, they could. If, this if, could be a real thing. Right. They wouldn't have been able to just explain it away as like, oh, we don't know who's calling because they have caller ID. Yeah. We meet 
what I what again, there's no point to have red herrings, but we meet a, like a red herring. We meet Eve, who's like this really creepy. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to describe yeah. her. We get introduced to all the sorority sisters right away. And then this one comes down, who's just a real like. Like socially awkward kind of. Yeah, like big classes, big scarf, I think. Yeah. And just she hair pulled back. Yeah, she's real creepy. She gives one of the girls um, a glass unicorn. Yeah. Which is obviously a nod to the original. We can assume it's going to come into play at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, okay, then another flashback to 1983. It's just getting worse. The mother's drunk. Her boyfriend passes out, so she goes into the attic. While boning on the stairs. Yeah, she goes into the attic and has sex with Billy, who at this point... Is what? He's got to be like 12 years old? No, 13 years old? Yeah, and he's pretty much just like a drone. Yeah. He's, the psychosis has worked itself into his brain and he's just sitting rocking in a chair. Uh-huh. So then nine, we get another fast forward. Nine months later, the baby's born. Surprise, yep. surprise. Um, the mother's like, you know, going to claim the baby. Yeah, that's her family. Yeah. yeah, she's like, she's my family now. Yeah. So... That's, I mean, you know, these flashbacks are, yeah, they're, they're terrible. Why don't we just power through the rest of the flashbacks? Yeah. Because they're so bad. All right. 1991, Billy comes down Christmas day, steals the daughter back after taking her eyeball out, right? Yeah. It takes her eye. Yeah. He, he puts the bag over her head, eats her eye, eats her right eye. Yeah. That's a weird aspect that now Billy is a cannibal in this movie. Yeah, he just eats eyes, though. Oh, no. No, he does not. Then he takes it, he kills the boyfriend, kills the mother, mm-hmm. and then probably the gross, gross out scene of the movie jams cookie cutters. Christmas cookie cutters. Christmas cookie cutters into her mo- his mother's back, mm-hmm. bakes them, and eats flesh cookies. As the police come in and see him sitting there eating his mother's cookies. <sighs> oh, that didn't sound good. I don't like the way you said that. Mm. Um, See, lovey. So that's all the flashbacks then. So those those are scattered throughout the next half hour of this movie, but that's all of it. Yeah. So now we've seen the entire backstory of him. And this is this is my problem with the Halloween remake as well, is that in the original you have this, this little boy who just kind of just decides to kill his sister one night for seemingly no reason versus in the Rob Zombie remake, this kid with a very clear motivation he has a horrible home life he's being bullied and it takes a lot of a lot of um you know suspense yeah a lot of mystery away from the character which is exactly what they did with this movie yeah you you just gave this this killer a very clear motive very obvious um how he's gonna kill people we've seen him bag and take out everyone's eyes yeah but i see what you're saying with the halloween remake and I will say that I agree with you, but I also didn't mind it because it's very well done. Not very well done. It's well done enough where it's believable and it was interesting to see what's happening with how it affected his family and everything. But this one, no. There's nothing like that with Black Christmas. It's no. just, I don't even I don't even know why we had to see that. Mm-hmm. And it ruined the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another Another thing that I think was a change for the worse in this movie was they replaced Claire's father with Claire's sister. Yeah. Who's horrible. They they basically hate each other. That's the premise, but they're getting together to try to patch things up. Yeah. So her sister Lee um, is horrible. Yeah. Well, she has more to do 
than I mean, they don't really paint her as a red herring too much. Mm-hmm. Because by then you know it's Billy. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. They take all the mystery out of it. Yeah. Um so he he starts closing in now. There's a present under the tree from Billy. They open it up. It's a doll with its eyes missing. Mm. Again with the eyes. Mm. Like a doll's eyes. Like a doll black like a doll's eyes. Um then the character who her entire role in this movie is to be drunk just starts and a bitch and a bitch just starts throwing up. She pretty much throws up for the rest of the yeah, movie. You, you love that part. Yeah. She goes in the shower to, to stop from throwing up and Billy peeks on her from the smallest peeks possible <laughs> floor tile. Yeah, there's some tile that's loose that at first I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then because she <laughs> she first knocks it loose when she's throwing up <laughs> <laughs> and then more gets loose and you just see his eye watching her shower yeah from this little tiny hole yeah very dumb then she goes to bed then she goes to bed uh character another ridiculous there's a bunch of ridiculous things that happen here character goes out to smoke um a drip from an icicle puts out the cigarette yeah and then she drops the cigarette into a cigarette sized hole yes (laughs) a little cigarette sized (laughs) yeah so she goes under the deck. Yeah, she wanted that cigarette. Yeah, gets gets dragged under and gets a little garden rake jammed into the back of her head. Yeah, just just I think you know. is that when we see the skull of the father? Yes. So Which, I think while she's why? under there, you see the skeleton. It's like the whole skeleton because in his hand is a Zippo lighter that we saw in one of the flashbacks. They had to have put that in his hand then. I don't know. I have to whatever best not to think about it best not to think about this whole movie yeah um all right so now we just we're just getting a bunch of kills so eve the the creepy girl who gave her the unicorn yeah they go into her car they open the door and her head just tumbles out of the car yep so we don't even see her killed but she's yeah she has three minutes of screen time now yeah but now she's just ahead Mm -hmm. so the house mom and one of the other girls try to get out they try to leave Miss Mac is scraping the car off, and inside the car is just like, and that's explosion uh, of blood. Miss Winstead, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, which oh, that yeah. one that one surprised me because I've seen her in so many things now, and for whatever reason, I just assumed that she was going to be the star. That was probably the best, or at least the most shocking death in that movie. Well, all we see is just we. See, I think we see an eye back there in the from the car, and then just explodes in blood. Yeah, blood explosion, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, And then followed by another ridiculous kill, Miss Mac is running back to the house. She looks up and gets an icicle all the way through her head. Which happens. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it can't happen. That's not Billy's fault. (laughs) Yeah, Billy's not going to be held responsible for that. No, that one won't even be on his um, record. That was just icicle murder. Yeah, that was God taking out. (laughs) Yeah, so she gets it. Um, Now her dead body's blocking the door, which is great. Yeah, how convenient. Yeah. Um... The other girl gets bag over the head and gets the top of her head sliced off with an ice skate. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Just everything is just fine. At this point, you don't care anymore. I think. Because you've been seeing all this backstory that's just weighed you down and, and then whatever. Just kill them already. Yeah, plus, you don't care about these girls at all. No. You just want them dead. No. Originally, that murder, I think, um, the Weinstein Company, which they had a lot of trouble. We can talk about this in a little bit. Yeah. Glenn Morgan had a lot of trouble with them 
while filming this movie, they wanted it to be more graphic, more violent, and he wanted it more more true to the original in tone. But that murder with the ice skate was supposed to originally be Billy pops her eyes out and then drags her by her empty eye sockets. Like a bowling ball. Like a bowling ball up to the attic, hmm. which would have been cool. Yeah. They're equally dumb. But, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so... I think who's left now? The drunk and yeah, the drunk's still sleeping. Which so then, she's made it longer than anyone would have right. given her. So now she's sleeping in bed. She starts getting felt up. I think we see a close. I mean, obviously she's either getting felt up or just full on raped. Yeah. Which either way, not okay. Right. And then she gets stabbed. She gets stabbed by the unicorn. Well, she wakes Otherwise, up and she reaches to grab the unicorn. Oh yeah. She's yeah. the only one that has a chance of fighting back like i don't know if she hits him or not but either way her eyes are then gone next time we see her she has no eyes yeah, nobody has eyes yeah everything is going according to you know this remake nine or two thousands plan of here's what's gonna happen everyone's gonna die the end yeah a couple of characters are left <laughs> and then they all have christmas ringtones yeah, that's the other thing. Every time someone gets called, it's changed to a... And this is before you can use an actual song as a ringtone. It was like that horrible two-toned mm-hmm. ringtone. All have Christmas ringtones. Yeah. Uh, it's great. The The guy, so the boyfriend, which we is still alive, he gets bagged and dragged up to the attic, stabbed through the head. Just, no, I think, well, at this point, they decide to go up to the attic. Yeah. Well, he goes first, right? He yeah. Because there's three of them left. He gets dragged up first. It's the sister. Right. Lee, the, the old, sister. sister. The blonde uh, main star. Yeah. Whose name is Kelly. I was going to say Kelly. Hey, you would have had it. And, and, and Kyle is yeah. the boyfriend. Kyle's dead, so forget about him. He's dead now. Yeah. So now we see that. This is where we, we think is Billy, though. Yeah. The, the killer is actually eating the eyeballs mm. of every single person. Why not? Yeah, she might as well. You reveal all the bodies are up there now. They're all dead, all eyeless. They've got Eve's head on top of the Christmas tree yeah. as a nice tree topper. Grabs Kelly now, bags her over the head, as is his custom. Mm-hmm. And candles fall off the table. Mm-hmm. Immediately, the place starts on fire. Yeah. Much like the Wolfman remake. Yes, it's just true. what we just talked about. <laughs> um and then the big reveal, like you said, Billy is not Billy. Billy is Agnes, yeah. who is Billy's daughter. Yeah, and Billy's daughter and sister. Daughter and sister, yes. Missing one eye. She's the killer the whole time. But wait, There's Billy more. shows up anyway. Yeah, he was, he was. I think he killed some of them. He might have been doing the kills outside. Who knows? Who cares? Both of them are there now. Yeah. <sighs> we don't like this movie. No. Kelly falls into the wall yeah so she's in the wall lee this claire's sister is beating on the wall with like a dumbbell with like a weight yeah she goes down tries to get him out billy's after lee and kelly's in the wall and agnes starts going after kelly right. while the whole place is burning to the ground right so kelly now as she's falling in the wall drags with her a burning christmas tree so now a burning christmas tree is stuck in the wall kelly gets out the tree falls onto Billy, seemingly burning him alive inside the wall. Or Agnes. No, Billy. Okay. Cut to the morgue. Yeah, this is where you think it would have ended, but no. There's so much more. 
Yeah, there really was. So now Billy's alive in the morgue, comes it pops out of the body bag, kills the coroner. There's a great visual here, though, where the coroner, for some reason, is just drinking eggnog. Eggnog. And his he kills him with a, like a saw, and the eggnog just gets like filled with blood. Yeah, splattered with blood. It was pretty great. Yeah. I liked that. So then Agnes shows up, so now they're both in the hospital. Agnes snaps Lee's neck. Now the only one left is Kelly. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the dumbest moments of the movie. Kelly defibrillates Agnes's face yeah. for like 30 seconds, just right yeah, on her face. That's not how these things work. There's a, That's why they charge up. Like, ah, it's stupid. Don't think about it. Just defibrillates her face, then beats Billy with a crutch, throws him over a stairwell, and he lands on the spike of a Christmas tree, I think. Or maybe just like a fence. Yeah. I don't know. Lands on a spike. Everyone's dead except Kelly. The end. Yeah. It was really painful to get through. It wasn't great. No, it was not. Here's the only thing I'll say about it. The only positive thing. Well, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but I think without any connection to the original Black Christmas, Mm -hmm. if you had just looked at this through the lens of a 2006 you know, holiday slasher movie, it wouldn't have been as bad. It would have been more forgivable. It would have been forgettable. It might not have been great. It probably would have still had a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. But you would have been able to say, okay, yeah, it's just a good, dumb holiday slasher yeah. movie. Yeah, I agree. Which I think is the danger that a lot of these remakes run into is that they are instantly compared to the original, as they should be. Yeah, but the problem is they need to... When you're doing a remake, you need to pay homage, homage to the original and then tweak it just enough where you make it new and exciting. Right. This just took it, said, you, everybody knows what the original one is. Let's, you know, change it so much that it doesn't resemble the original at all. Right. And I mean, with a movie like this, it's hard to say who's at fault because, as we mentioned earlier, Glenn Morgan loved the original. He actually worked with Bob Clark on this remake yeah, to kind of ensure that everything was, was going to be good. It was the Weinsteins that kind of stepped in and started to ruin this movie. Yeah. Um, Is there want to do? Yeah. If you even remember, some of you may remember like the original marketing materials for this movie, the trailer, there was a big controversy because they used the Weinsteins actually secretly shot a bunch of clips for the trailer that were never in the movie that were never going to be in the movie. And so, cause they were just trying to like, spice it up yeah there wasn't enough gore they thought right so who knows what this movie would have been if if glenn morgan would have just been allowed to do what he wanted to do bob clark i I mean he saw the movie right before he died um i don't know what he thought about it but well i don't think it's a coincidence that he died Ah, shortly after hilarious Mm. poor bob clark um but you know so i don't know it's hard to say who's to blame for something like this movie there was also, I mean, there was a lot of controversy about this movie when it came out for coming out on Christmas Day. Yeah, but that's just stupid. That's yeah. That's just throwing, you know, getting all up in arms over anything at that point. Who cares? A lot of horror movies come out. A lot of movies come out during the holidays on Christmas Day. Sure. They're there to give movies to people who are tired of the normal holiday movie. Right. So that's just stupid. Yeah. Eh, people will get upset about anything. Yeah. All right. Let's let's take a look at our questions. I think we already know what the answers are going to be, but let's give it a shot. Yeah. First question, does this remake stand up to the original? 
Go ahead. No. No. That's a big surprise. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to say yes. Yeah, well, I thought about it. Yeah, I can And tell. I came back. No. Yeah. Um, it, it In no way does this movie stand up to the original. No, it actually insults the original. It takes away something. Well, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't take it might elevate the original a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean that's that's possible, not something that you often think about, but could could a terrible remake make you love the original more? I think so. Yeah. Probably. It's interesting for us seeing them in such close proximity too. You know. Yeah, cuz we didn't have years of keeping like we did with the Wolfman where we saw it many years before. We, that was a special movie to us. Right. Where I had no ties to this movie prior you know, to we saw doing this. And then we saw the other one immediately after. All right, last question. Should this movie have been remade at all, or was the remake a mistake? That one's a little bit harder because I can see where it would have been interesting to take a new perspective on that original story and see it done maybe a little bit different, modernize, take out some of the parts that dragged a little, like the jumping between characters so much, because there were a lot of flaws with the original. But having said that, I don't think it needed to. I think that it stands up for what it was at the time, you know, like a little time capsule type thing. And it was very good. And I, after I saw it, had no desire to, you know, no yearning for to see that remade. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, I mean, yeah, I didn't have any desire to be like, oh man, they should remake this. I want to see this modernized. But I think the thing about that story is that it's such a simple story. Um that it just it lends itself to to being remade. Yeah. I think if they didn't make this 2006 one, there would have been a 2010 one or there would have been a 2016 one. I mean, this movie was destined to be remade. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's just because because it was made in the 70s it has that dated feel, but the story is so solid. It's like studio gold. Like we can take the story, modernize it a little bit and it's good it's like ready made, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um do I think that this should have been remade in 2006? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, it's it's it was a mistake to do. I'd like to see the remake get remade. Yeah. Maybe fiddle with that a little bit and let us forget yeah. about it. It's hard, though, because a remake of the 2006 version would have the backstory in it. I think if they were going to do another remake, they would need to remake the original and do it right without the backstory. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, it's tough. It's always tough with something like that because now the majority of the public would already know, hey, this killer is never going to be revealed. 14% maybe. <sighs> yeah. So the the instinct of the studio would be to say, well, we can't not reveal the killer because that's what everyone who knows the original is going to expect. So mm-hmm. we have to put in a twist, but that's where you get into trouble. Yeah. There was no twist at all with the original. No. There. Yeah. There. I mean. Which is. When you think about it, kind of surprising. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. So the, the killer original, is just a killer. The original was good. The remake was garbage. And that wraps it up for us today. Perfectly said. Um, all right. So thanks for listening to the second episode of The Remake Mistake. Check out wolfbanebooms.com for more reviews, news, articles, lists, quizzes, all sorts of good stuff. Um, and we'll see you around. Thanks for listening. I forgot the first rule of remakes, Joe. Don't fuck with the original.